Welcome back to the Relentless Minds podcast. I am your host, Lori Jimenez. I created this platform with a sole mission, and that is to inspire people of all backgrounds to create the change they wish to see in their lives and in the world by sharing the examples of those who are. As a listener, you will hear the stories of ordinary men and women with extraordinary stories of overcoming adversities in order to experience the life they dream of. All of these individuals share a common interest. They desire a change for the better, and they are in a relentless pursuit to create that for themselves. If you're looking for inspiration to overcome challenges in your own life, to create a life that you desire to have, then you have come to the right place. You see, the truth is, people everywhere are fighting for what they believe in, and together, with relentless action and mental strength, I have no doubt that we can fulfill that dream. Today, Relentless Minds is collaborating with the Ursus Institute to create this interview in an effort to discuss an upcoming documentary called Standing with Bears. Standing with Bears serves to highlight the industry of sex trafficking and its prevalence and provides a first-hand look at the realities of sex trafficking and the impact on those involved. I have with me today film producer Marlon Morrison, Tammy Harris, founder of the Ursus Institute, and actor Patrick McGuire, all key members in the creation of this documentary. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. (laughs) So I would like to start off by having you all introduce yourselves and tell us more about your roles in this upcoming documentary. Tammy, we can start with you. Well, thanks again for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk a little bit more about this documentary and our upcoming trailer release. So my name is Tammy Harris, and I'm the founder and executive director of the Ursus Institute. And we do anti-human trafficking efforts um, locally and internationally as well. And uh, Patrick? Um, Yeah, hi, I'm Patrick McGuire and I play um, various roles throughout the documentary, a lot of bad guys. And I just have to say like, what an honor it is to be here and get to know Tammy and Marlon. And thank you also for holding space for this. I've learned so much in the process already. And Marlon? I'm Marlon Morrison. Uh, I am the producer and director of Standing with Bears. By trade, I'm a theater actor uh, who made the transition to uh, Behind the Camera uh, back in 2016. Uh, this would be my first actual documentary, and I, I feel like it's a it's a great way to uh, to start. It's a well to a great start with such a, a toxic uh, topic. Wonderful. I think that's incredible because it's. It's such an important issue uh, to address. Mm -hmm. And it's like you all are coming together to create this and kind of exploring it. I know like for Patrick, it's something new. And that's why I was excited as well to have you on because I think you can address this from a a special perspective, you know, in, in getting to be exposed to this issue and learn more about this issue and resonate and speak to an audience of people who um, aren't perhaps involved in human rights issues as well. And Marlon, I know that you've been involved with kids, you know, the, mm-hmm. the vulnerable youth, and then learning how that correlates and connects with sex trafficking. Right. And now in being able to be a part of something where you're, you're bringing awareness to an issue that impacts youth on a Mm -hmm. grand scale. Um, I think all of that is really, really important. And being able to highlight that and kind of understanding where, like where it was that journey to getting here today and creating this and the Mm -hmm. importance of it for each of you. 
So I wanted to start off with asking the reasons. So what are the reasons behind creating this powerful documentary? And what are your goals in, in creating the documentary? I'm gonna try to make a long story as short as possible. I had the honor of being a resident artist at a, a local uh, art gallery here in Charlotte. And the art gallery, the McCall Art Gallery here in Charlotte uh, wanted the artist to take on a subject that was uh, important to the community, to bring awareness to situations that are happening in the community. And originally I was going to do a video installation about a gang uh, here in Charlotte and when I was speaking to the woman that was curating my uh, installation, she had mentioned uh, sex trafficking and possibly looking at gangs and how they're tied into sex trafficking and how sex trafficking was really big here in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Well, at the time, I had absolutely no idea. And after talking to her, I thought it was important for me to change the topic from the gangs to actually focusing on sex trafficking. Uh, like you said before, I do work with kids here at, at in uh, the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school system and also work for an organization that services uh, the CMPD. So I'm, I'm around kids a lot. So I felt like this would be an important piece, not only for the community, but for the youth as well. And I wanted to make it as honest and truthful as possible. And I started to research uh, places here in Charlotte that dealt with anti-trafficking uh, efforts. And I ran across the Ursus Institute. And when I say, if you don't have like a title or if you're, if you're not considered important, it's really hard to get people on the telephone or get interviews if you don't have like that name. And I texted Tammy Harris and within like 15 minutes, she texted me back and she was like, you know, what would you like? And I was like, it'd be great if I could meet you and like interview you about, you know, my project. And she was like, yeah, sure. You know, mm -hmm. let's meet at a coffee house and, and talk about sex trafficking. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, like, that's amazing that somebody who is so, in my, in my eyes, important in the work that she was doing would honestly, just on the drop of a hat, not knowing who I was, not having any history about me, just knowing that I was doing this, this exhibit, uh, this installation, and she took a leap of faith. And I thought that was amazing. And what was even more amazing was the information that I got in the course of our conversation. And when I say I was dumbfounded by the stuff that she told me, I, I felt bad because I'm a native of Charlotte. I lived in New York for about uh, 15, 16 years. And I always saw sex trafficking as like a Hollywood movie like mm -hmm. I, when i thought about sex mm -hmm. trafficking i thought about like taken like liam neeson's taken like yeah. you know guys from like third world countries pulling up in like vans with tinted windows jumping out and just throwing girls in the back of the van and when tammy so eloquently went into you know how young ladies are coerced into sex trafficking it gave me a whole different perspective on this subject and as the conversation continued i just found myself being completely engulfed in this topic. Uh, and she did such a great job of explaining the backstory of, of most of the victims, what actually happens to the victims once they're like in the life, and then the trauma that goes on to haunt these young men and young women in adulthood. Uh, it, it just, I just felt like, wow, like I don't think an installation would be, would do this topic mm -hmm. justice. And 
we did a, a reveal about our work and, you know, what inspired us and all this stuff. And I had mentioned the conversation with Tammy and this was an audience that the museum or the, the gallery invited to, to come out. And that night I kind of put my foot in the mouth, in my mouth. And I was like, this is not it. It's not going to end here. I'm going to make a documentary about this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get everybody to know about this. And, 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 and we're just going to go bigger. Yeah. And again, True to nature, I, I met with Tammy and I showed her the video installation and I just right there, I propositioned her and I was like, would you would you be interested in doing a documentary? And the light bulb that went off in her head, like her eyes, I was like, she was like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, so let's do it, you know? So a very impromptu meeting that we had over lunch um, and me wanting to continue along this journey of awareness and bringing awareness to this topic. Uh, I've just been blessed to be, to have a colleague or a friend like Tammy to just every step of the way, she's just been like, yeah, let's do it. You know, and I, I think that speaks like volumes to her spirit and her dedication to this work and just like her overall um, mission and goal. Uh, the fact again, that she's willing to like take a leap of faith with somebody that's not really proven, a proven product. So yeah, so that's where we are today. And now we're constantly trying to hash out exactly what we're trying to capture and, and because we really feel like this is important and we wanna do it in a way that no other filmmaker has has approached this subject mm -hmm. and that's where we are now I, I hope that wasn't too long of a no story. i appreciate that <laughs> no like i mentioned you guys all have your different perspectives you right. know coming into this tammy's been at this for years oh, yeah. and yeah. then everybody is different and so having you share that actually i think this is a very special approach for an interview um uh, but tammy if you can actually speak to then the goals of doing this documentary what are you wishing or hoping to achieve in your in the audience so I think there's more than one goal, you know, um, there's a lot of aspects of this documentary in itself. Of course, we want to educate, right? We want to get the word out about the realities of sex trafficking. It's the way that Marlon is putting this documentary together and is in a way that tackles sex trafficking and human trafficking from many different components. And so you've got the education piece and you've got the action piece like I'm hoping people walk away from this movie like, okay, I can't just sit by and check that box anymore of like, okay, now I saw a movie and now I'm good to go. And, you know, good luck to you, you know, clap. Good job, Ursus. Good job, Marlon and Patrick. Well done. But, you know, um, have actually that intrinsic motivation to get out there and do something, realizing that doing nothing is just helping and perpetuating the situation. So you've got action, you've got those who are in positions to actually make changes, legislators, um, people who have access to resources that are like, you know what, I could actually do something about this. I don't have to be a lawmaker that's only writing bills about, you know, um, how high the speed limit's going to be on 77. I can actually write about, you know, making it uh, better for nonprofits or, or easier for funding or, you know, fill in the blank. So we need to have change as well, right? On a higher level and scale. It's kind of, if I told, I mean, we have, we have another show just about legislation that's like, that needs such updating that it would just floor you on some of the things that are still in the books on what people can get away with and what one person can do to another legally. So 
I hope we have changes in legislation and um, we bring about more education for schools and law enforcement agents and people, like I said, do more than just check a box and feel like, you know, even if it's just sitting down and having that conversation with their child, at least they're doing something. Yeah, and yeah. those conversations are so important. <laughs> For sure. And, and um, Patrick, I wanted to ask you when it comes to your involvement in the documentary, because for me, it's very important and intriguing that your role, because you're such a sweet guy, your role is the bad guy, though. You're the that's, perpetrator. That's right. Yeah, I'm the bad guy. Um, so I was in a rehearsal with my improv team, Sudden Depth, and our, our coach, um, Carla Dingle, was like, hey, we, we need a bad guy, you know, somebody play a drunk father, improv some lines. I was like, sure, I can do that. You know, and how that stands out to me, though, is I know we were going around the room one day in my um, team, and we we're talking about taboo subjects. And I get that because sometimes people have things that trigger them. And, uh, you know, I was had this thought that maybe sometimes it's okay to go with a, a topic that triggers you because that's an opportunity to educate others about it. And so certainly when we're doing a documentary on sex trafficking, we have to have somebody play the bad guy. Um, otherwise, you know, if everybody's playing the good guy, how do you create that tension, the realism of the um, person that you want to stand up to, right? Yeah. And my question for you was in your involvement and trying to in integrate yourself into this character, what has been your experience like? Because I feel like you're, you're being exposed to something new, you know, this sex trafficking, and that there are people out there that are doing these things to women and men, you know, and exploiting them. And exposing yourself to that, how has that experience been for you? Yeah, so I really, I was like Marlon, where I didn't really think much about sex trafficking. And if I did, it was something very far away and foreign. And it, I didn't realize it could be my neighbor or, you know, just uh, a mom a couple doors down or something that just looks, um, who goes to the PTA meetings, right? But for me, um, you know, what really stands out to me is like the um, work that Tammy's putting in to create safe houses and other services to help these girls get back on their feet. And that that really means a lot to me personally, too, because I've gone through my my own uh, fair share of hardships where and just having somebody to help get me back on my feet has been huge when it's happened and would would always be welcome. Right. You know, when we're at bottom, we sometimes don't have the ability to ask for help and I see Tammy going out there and finding girls and, you know, really shepherding them. And that's, that's huge. And, you know, that's to me what a real leader is, is somebody who's creating change in the world and, and offering the space and holding that space for us all to kind of create the best versions of ourselves. <laughs> and this is all like a very, it's an incredible learning experience for everyone. And my conversation with you, Tammy, um, we were talking about how everybody in some sense in some way could like perhaps relate to that experience of feeling vulnerable and helpless mm -hmm. and then being able to correlate that into the issue of sex trafficking and how these individuals who are being exploited are possibly feeling. Um, and that's why having everybody's perspective here today and however way you were able to draw yourself to this issue is important to highlight. I wanted to talk about the, now the issue of, of sex trafficking. Um, why is this such a problem in the U.S.? And what is it going to take to properly address it? So, you know, I guess there's 
there's not one answer to that question of why there's an issue with sex trafficking. Um, you can have indifference as a reason, you know, um, if you just look at the issue with like pornography, you know, most people don't want to take the accountability of, of saying that pornography is connected to sex trafficking and actually being accountable for, you know, teaching their son or their daughter the reasons why it's wrong to engage in pornography. So it's something that's accepted by society and no one questions it, right? And then you have economic mobility and being born into poverty and the inability to escape poverty, right? If you have the inability to get out of a situation where you're hungry or you know that your life is in poverty, you might be willing to trade some of your morals or some gut feeling of what you should or should not do to escape that horrendous situation, right? And then you've got that need to feel loved, right? Who doesn't want to feel loved? Who doesn't want to feel secure? I mean, these are just natural, instinctual feelings that we all share, that we all want to feel. And if you lack a feeling of security or love and belonging, you're going to look for it in, in ways that may not be healthy. So, you know, the perpetrators know exactly, like in some ways they're brilliant. They know exactly what we need. They're like psychologists in a way. They can analyze a person and figure out what isn't being addressed and what they need to fulfill them. And it can be as simple as, hey, I have, you know, I can take you out to dinner every night. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you know, my dad owns a, a, a dinner joint down the street, you know, and then it slowly progresses. Or it can be as like, you know, you're beautiful and you can be a model and let me show you my, let me introduce you to my friends. Your parents, they have no idea what's going on. They're just too busy with their lives anyway. So the reasons are endless. And then people feel kind of like we can never solve it, mm -hmm. but we can address it kind of one piece at a time. Mm -hmm. And then we can make a difference. And the awareness component is super important as well. And that's what your documentary is going to be huge on is awareness and educating people. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to ask each one of you, what are some highlights in the documentary that you are each excited about um, being involved in and being able to share with with people? Uh, and Marlon, we can start with you. Well, like I said before, just by this being a, a new topic for me, it's kind of like I'm learning as I go. And as I'm like looking at the footage that will eventually make it to the documentary, one of which being conversations with like social workers, professionals who actually deal with like the, the trauma, the childhood trauma and the residual effects of like uh, sexual abuse or neglect from a family and just learning. One of the things that Tammy said in our original conversation was people look at these these victims and they just label them as prostitutes or label them as criminals without actually knowing their background and where these people are coming from. And I have to be honest, I mean, I was probably one of the people that, you know, I'd see a girl out on the street. I'm like, okay, well, obviously she's a prostitute and that's, that's it. And I just go about my day. But having the moment to hear these clinical uh, social workers actually talk about the, the early childhood trauma, the adverse childhood trauma, the connection of the brain where the, the cerebral cortex is not actually developed because they're so busy thinking about assessing the threat as opposed to actually thinking clearly. It just showed me that, and this is one of the things I had talked to Tammy about, these individuals were victims well before they were victims of, of sex trafficking. 
sex trafficking to me is just the destination where they ended up. But what happened to these individuals to make them so vulnerable, to inhibit them from actually thinking and making positive decisions? Uh, so when I sit down and I'm, I'm looking at the, the interview tapes and I'm listening to the doctors and the, the professionals break it down, it makes sense to me. I mean, it's the perfect storm. You have an individual who is coming from a broken home who has been uh, neglected, abused, who doesn't feel like they belong there or they want to be there. And then all of a sudden you go out and you have like this guy or girl who approaches you and they offer you everything that you've been lacking at home. Love, family unit, money, mm -hmm. attention. And you're like, okay, well, I can see why somebody could end up in a life like this. I can see why somebody could end up trusting this individual only to be betrayed. So it's just really intriguing to me, the genesis of everything versus what we see out on the street or what we see on TV. But where, where did that come from? And I think that has a lot mm -hmm. to do with the acting background whenever you take on a character you want to get to know as much about that character as possible but it's where did this person come from where is this person now where is this person going and it's interesting to hear you and Patrick use the term bad guy because what I'm learning in my research is that a lot of these guys don't think they're bad hmm. and when I when I was telling Patrick or talking to Patrick about you know his his objectives and what he's trying to do I didn't want him to look at it as being a bad guy, because as an actor, how do you play bad? But if you play it as I'm offering this person something, I want to protect this person, I want to care for this person, then I think it captures the essence of these predators. Because a lot of these men don't feel like they're doing anything bad. A lot of these men feel like, hey, you know, how else am I going to make a living? How else am I going to make money? I'm helping these girls. And, and the girls believe it, and they believe it. And I'm sitting here like, wow, like this is such a I want to say a curse word, but I'm not going to say it right now. But it's such a complex, it's a complex personality and a way of thinking. So to say that these individuals are bad, yeah, as society, we see them as bad, but they don't think what they're doing is bad. Yeah. So one of the ways that I wanted Patrick to attack the role was not to think of it as you're doing a bad thing, but that you are helping this young lady, that you have genuine feelings for these young ladies. Because some of these predators, I think, they walk that thin line in thinking, I'm, I'm actually helping these people. I'm, I'm helping this bisexual or, or transgender individual because his family doesn't want to have anything to do with him. So I'm, I'm going to give him a way to make money, this, that, and the third, a runaway female who maybe feel like she didn't have that kind of connection at the, at the home. He's mm -hmm. giving her a sense of belonging. He's, he's showing her love. He's showing her affection. He's grooming her. Yeah. So... It, 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 it really allows you as the audience to kind of like see these people, not as, don't say bad, because what about the parent that did the, the sexual abuse? What about the caregivers that, you know, your job as a caregiver, you're supposed to be a protector mm -hmm. and you betrayed your child or you betrayed the youth. Mm -hmm. What do we call them? Do we call them bad? I, I don't know. But yeah. again, just it's, it's. Yeah, it's really interesting, the whole title of, of bad, because these guys don't see themselves as bad. And if I'm a young lady and I just ran away from my home, I'm looking for someone who's going to, A, shelter me, give me food, give me clothing. Mm -hmm. And they don't see these individuals as bad. They see these individuals as saints or angels, you know. And that's, to me, that's really twisted. Wow, that is, that is 
a piece of information that I had no idea of. And so Patrick, because you're playing the role of, I don't even know how to say it anymore. <laughs> the, oppressor. Um, the guy who makes bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your, what's your perspective on that, on what Marlon was saying? Yeah, I, I can see that um, because I think we can rationalize a lot of things. Sometimes I know I do it all the time. I'm like, well, I did this because, and I think a lot of times folks are operating at the best of their ability in the situation they're in. And one of the things that I'm hoping that some of this documentary does is bring more light to the issue so that people are aware of it and can bring more programs into place that help people make better choices. And and to what Marlon was saying, it's like, yeah, our basic needs have come first. So if we're not, if we're sleeping out in the cold, you know, that's a step up maybe to be sheltered. But, you know, if you're operating at a higher level, you're going to be like, wow, like, how come you're stuck there? You know, and that's hard because it seems so foreign to me. But to some folks, that might be a step up or it might be the new normal for them. That's like, thank you. You know, yeah. and I guess as a society, you know, we should definitely not be preying on the vulnerable. So when that happens, that's just awful. But bringing people up with us. I know um, I took martial arts for a long time and one of the, the codes within it was to go to certain levels, you had to get a certain amount of teaching hours in. And we don't really operate that way as a society often. You know, sometimes we do. There's a lot of us that do, but a lot of times we're just trying to climb that ladder. But if that ladder says that you can't go any higher unless you're bringing people with you, you're, you're giving back to your community, you're teaching, you know, I think that kind of culture in mindset would do wonders. That's so key. Absolutely. And Tammy, then what are some of the highlights in the documentary that you're most excited about as well? Oh gosh, you know, like it's hard to like pinpoint like anything everything. because yeah, it's just like to be able to, you know, go down to Dominican Republic with Marlon and really show the realities down there to the United States and to people around the world who probably have never seen you know they go to the dominican republic and they go to the beaches and they get their massages and they never see the reality after their vacation spot you know they don't see the haitian camp down the street with three thousand haitians that are starving you know and so what we're going to be able to bring is just going to be really just mind-blowing so i'm excited about that and then it's like also the aspect of like we all have you know we all have our own story right we all have a past we all have some sort of like traumatic event or something that really altered us and what a blessing like when marlon reached out to me like i just thank god honestly because it's like who has the ability to share with the whole world really like your past and how it got you to where you are and using bad situations and hard situations to try to try to be better try to be a better person I mean, so just being able to bring in the aspect of my own past into the documentary is just, you know, it almost makes me want to cry because like, that's just really a gift from God to be able to show how one's past can be used to hopefully be better. And like I said, like you just interview anyone on the street, everyone's got a past, but to be able to tell my story, that's a real, that's a real miracle. That's a real gift. Yeah. And and that's another thing that, I want to highlight about Tammy and it's something that we talked about. She's not the only female or person that's been in an abusive home or a neglectful home or has, has history with, with sexual abuse, but it's what she did with it. 
where you have so many women, and we talked about this, you have women that come to this crossroad and they can go left or they can go right. Tammy just made a great choice for her. And she took something that was so tragic and turned it into something so powerful. Now imagine how many women out there who have either are young men or young women who experienced the same thing and went the totally different way mm-hmm. and made a, the, cho- the choice to go left. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, ultimately, the film talks about the resilience of the human spirit and the ability to not only forgive, but to move forward. And I think Tammy, uh, she captures that to the hilt, where she took something just so traumatic and so dark in her life, and she allowed it to not destroy her, but she embraced it. And she'll tell you, she still has to this day, like things that she's still like dealing with, but she's making effort to turn her story around, to turn the narrative around. So at the end of it, I think it, it speaks about the human spirit and what are you going to do with the circumstances you have dealt because the circumstances don't define who we are they reveal who we choose to be if, if i could say that uh and i think she's made the, the brilliant choice of becoming an advocate for those who are voiceless and i, I hope that the people that see this uh, the grown-ups as well as kids can say i could i can identify with her i see her i acknowledge her And I'm going to try to do what she did. I'm going to try to turn my narrative around and embrace it and see how I can go forward and build people up as opposed to tearing people down and tearing myself down. I I think hopefully that's something that that comes out of it as well, as far as like the sex trafficking, but just the resilience of the human spirit, if you make Um, the right choices. Absolutely. And Patrick, did you want to say anything else about this topic of the human spirit and the human resilience? Yeah, there was uh, uh, something that just uh, reminded me um, at the end of Marlon's last uh, sentence there. You know, it's about being the best. And, and it's like, what being the best sometimes is tearing somebody else, everybody down around you. And all of a sudden you're the best and you haven't grown at all. So, mm. you know, one of the uh, topics or somebody actually introduced this idea to me. And that was instead of being the best in the world, it's to be the best for the world. Um mm. And, you know, what that means to me is, you know, like we, we start with our, our level of identity. And if I identify with self, then maybe that means taking good care of myself. But as soon as I start my own family, my identity of self grows to include my family. And it's like if my mindset is, oh, I just want to be the best. And I go play soccer with my five-year-old. And it's like, daddy 10, <laughs> junior one, you know, yeah. I'm beating him down. <laughs> When are you going to get a little taller? Why don't you put some muscles on it? You know, like, um, <laughs> right. So like being the best for the world at that point is like helping raise your kid up so that they have confidence, you know, and then it grows to be include your community and then your city, your nation and, and the world. If we can continue to, you know, grow bigger as far as how we identify ourselves and we realize what's good for you is good for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, and I'm building you up and you're building me up. We all grow. I think that's super key what you said. What's good for you is good for me. What's good for these individuals who are being exploited is good for the community as a whole. And that's important to state. So one of the last questions for you guys today, I wanted to ask, and this could be in any way, shape or form for what it means to you personally, but in this experience of creating this documentary, 
Patrick, you being an actor, and then Marlon being the producer, and Tammy also being an actor, but you know, partnering up with Marlon to create this documentary. What have you all been learning as you work together to create this documentary? What are some key takeaways for each and every one of you? Oh, wow. Hmm. I think one thing that stands out to me right away is like, and I think Marlon also said this, but Tammy's timeliness, you know, like that's just like, if you ever texted somebody and you're waiting around, like, when are they going to get back to me? And it's like last minute and you're like, crap, you know, it's like you text Tammy she responds right away. And I'm, I'm like that person who waits forever to get back to you. So definitely like prompt communication, you know, as, as, as simple awesome. as that. Awesome. <laughs> I just, I just want to make sure they're, I don't know. I just, uh, I think it's important to make sure that people realize that they're important to me, you know, and mm-hmm. if you just wait, at least in my mind, I mean, I'm kind of like a ripe brained emotional person. So it's like, I want people to feel valued in my life and appreciated and, I feel like if God puts someone in my life, they're there for a reason and to never, never, ever dismiss anyone because, you know, God has this master plan and they're there for something. They're there for a reason. And um, when it goes back to your, your question, I think something that's just making this whole process so successful is like that, you know, we work so well together. We're becoming such great friends and I think that's really going to show through in this documentary is just how well Marlon, you know, behind the camera, just directing us and producing this in just an amazing fashion, but also being so open-minded as it being a collaborative effort and like just really just so easy to work with as a person. And, you know, Patrick as well, just being so easy to be like, hey, you know, we really need you to do X, Y, and Z. And he's like, cool, you know, let's do it. So, uh, you know, we've we've all grown a lot together over the last few months as friends. And I think it's really going to come across on screen just how well we just all really like each other, even if Patrick's playing like an alcoholic. <laughs> That's good to hear. That's good to hear that you guys are working together well and that those friendships, you know, hopefully last for a very, very, very long time. Um, because you, you're all the foundation there from that friendship is something so meaningful. And uh, and Marlon, um, how about your takeaway? Man, it's it's I I have like a laundry list of takeaways. <laughs> um, I mean, first and foremost, uh, just the strength of of it, and I, I, I'm I'm just gonna say females, um, and I don't want to alienate my brothers by no sense of the imagination. I mean, I'm a brother myself, but just the strength of females to endure. And to continue moving forward. I don't think women in our society get enough credit for that. And just the genuineness of wanting to do something, not for hidden reasons or for like alternative motives, but just because your your spirit moves you to do it. Um, I, women, to me, in, embody that essence. And, and I'm learning that about Tammy. And I just, it's really welcoming and it's really uh it's humbling to be around that type of energy so that just the female energy one part uh another part is just the responsibility of an artist not to want to be and this is what i wanted to do coming out of college i wanted to be the next denzel or the will smith and i guess i was so jaded at the time that i felt like if you were anything less than that you would not be considered a success but to have the platform as an artist and to, to take on like 
subjects like human trafficking or, or sexual abuse or that sort of thing. I feel like we have a responsibility as artists to take that and to educate people. And that's at the core of what I do. And it took me a while to get there. I mean, obviously I'm not Denzel Washington, but um, I can embody what Denzel embodies uh, in a different way. So just the importance of the work and using my art to get this across. And lastly, not having to deal with Hollywood producers and, and big budget <laughs> filmmakers, because you know what? We can meet at a coffee house and make adjustments at the last minute and not have to answer to like some like big wig producer saying, no, we got to get the shot. We got to move forward. Mm -hmm. But the fact that we can just take our time and really invest in the process and, and the product in this project uh, is so refreshing. Not having to deal with the egos, not having to answer to like people that are financing it by sacrificing this and sacrificing that, but just being around people that are just genuinely concerned about the work and the project and the goal yeah. and not all the other stuff. So Absolutely. that's, that's a, like three major things that I'm taking away from this whole process. I love that. Did you guys want to add anything else? Well, I would definitely want to work with Marlon again before I'd ever work with Denzel. So ah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Love that. Love that. So my final question for you all um, is going to be, about the your philosophies in life because I know every single one of you has had different experiences personally, things that have molded you, impacted you. And so my question is based on those philosophies in life and you can state what they are or you can not, but how are you living that through this work? So I can say something, I guess. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to go first? Absolutely. Yeah. So like one of my favorite Bible verses is from Corinthians. I think everyone kind of knows that the love is patient, love is kind, right? I really try to embody that. I mean, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the means. I'm not, not going to give myself a halo. But it's like trying to love others as best you can. And that means loving yourself, right? And to be kind to others, to be kind to yourself. And life is not about, you know, Marlon and, and Patrick both said this, this is not about like, it's not about the Tammy show, right? It's about being the person that God put you here to be to help the people that you want to help, you know, fit 100 years from now, I'll be gone. Most people won't know the name Tammy Harris, but hopefully the impact will still be on this earth in some fashion. So like, what is love? And love is, you know, creating a scenario where people can keep pushing it forward and the love that you showed carries on. And so my niche in this movie, it's about the niche of helping people who are sexually enslaved. And everyone's got their own thing that they're passionate about and find something that you're passionate about and pay it forward and always be loving kind to others and always be loving kind to yourself. And when you don't make it about you, I think this is when God gives you the most blessings, honestly. It's like, okay, keep putting yourself third, keep putting yourself third, and, you know, he'll keep rewarding. So I guess that's a philosophy for me. Thank you. Yeah. And who's next? So, you know, I, I think uh, for me, um, certainly, I like how Marlon described it too, like where people get to this point and they can choose right or they can choose left. And, I think for me, I tried to live like, like as an example, as if I chose that, which color pill is it? <laughs> uh, the blue pill, I think. Um, but 
you know, and, and just moving forward and being a lifelong learner. And, and so it's like young people can maybe see what that looks like to hit a crossroads, to, to get knocked down and to get back up and wipe that dirt off and keep marching forward and not drudgingly, but like with a, a joy still in your heart that it doesn't have to like age your spirit. It's, it's not forever, right? Like that anytime you're, you're in a hard place, you know, you keep, keep at it and eventually you're going to find that, that outside of this, this little bubble that's been holding you back. And at that point in time, you can start living that way for others. So it's hopefully like self-sustaining in the fact that like people can just keep bringing each other up. That's kind of my philosophy is, is living by an example best I can. Sometimes it's a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a learning process, right? It's just but sometimes that's what we see. Like I used to have this advice I'd give to people. I would say, I give the best advice. I got it all wrong. So do exactly the opposite of what I did. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm kidding. I feel like though that, um, you know, I, with my daughter, I try to tell her something and, you know, it's like, whatever, Dan, um, kids and people have to experience things for themselves or they don't have to, but most of us do mm-hmm. before it really sets home and changes their belief system and behaviors, you know? Right. Marlon, what do you have for us? I think, um, just in all like, you know, transparency is, is kind of to go off of what Tammy said, everybody has a backstory and I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I was the best student in high school, middle school, elementary. I, I, I was considered a troubled kid. I was considered a bad kid. Uh, it wasn't until I found theater that I decided to change my life around. And I even went to college for psychology for two and a half years before I decided to go and uh, do theater. But just coming from a place where I'm not supposed to be here, you know, I was never supposed to make it out of my neighborhood. Some people would say I probably wasn't supposed to make it past the age of 19. And just being blessed with the talent and the the resolve to follow my dreams. Uh, And I think about a lot of people who, a lot of my friends who either passed away, got locked up or whatever. Mm. And I think about like their situation and I say, why am I here? Why am I still you know, above ground, why am I still, you know, out of jail or why am I still allowed to pursue something that, you know, I love. So I feel there's a responsibility not to make the next uh, Independence Day or aliens or something like that, but to tell the story of people that actually share my experience or like my history, uh, whether it's from the same neighborhood or being falsely accused of being a bad student or what have you. I just feel like it's my debt to society as well as like my community and and young people that I continue to do things that have meaning as opposed to like doing something that is just entertainment and I know a documentary about sex trafficking is not the first movie that somebody wants to see on a Friday night or a Saturday night I I know it's not a distraction from your life but I feel like it's important enough to take a leap of faith and just to educate yourself. If not, you know, bring your daughters to see this movie, bring your sons, your cousins, nephews, bring your neighbor. Uh, and I guarantee you, you will be emotionally affected, but you'll actually walk away learning something about yourself, your community, the world that you live in, as opposed to walking away making lightsaber sounds of Star Wars, zoom, 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 which is awesome too. But, uh, you're, you're walk away a better human being. And at the end of the day, I think ultimately that that's, that's what we all strive to be. And that's what I strive to be because I was told all my life that I was 
you know, either going to end up dead or in jail. And I've proven everybody wrong when it comes to that. So that's that's just my philosophy. Accountability and, and just resilience. Just keep pushing. And despite what people, how they label you, how they see you, you know who you are, you know your worth. And eventually the, the cream is going to rise to the top. So that's that's my philosophy. And I'm living it. Thank you, guys. Every single one of you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing so much information from a personal perspective, from a human perspective of why this is such an important issue, why sex trafficking and human trafficking awareness needs to be spread. People need to get educated and why it means so much to you. And I think we highlighted that very, very well in this interview. Was there anything else that you guys would like to say before we, we ended the interview? So, so when the revolution starts, Lori, you're going to get credit for being one of the people that were started the revolution when it comes to sex trafficking <laughs> and human trafficking. It, it all started right here. There you go. It's an exclusive the, right here. The interview of Amazing Minds. Exactly. I love exactly. it. So when the revolution starts and everybody starts paying more attention to this. this Lining this, up the streets. Oh, my God. For change. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, we need it. Yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm talk about this uh, interview. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you guys so much for being on and for being real and vulnerable and just giving us a lot of important information. I truly appreciate that. And I and I wish you the best of luck with the with the documentary um, Absolutely. And, and, and seeing the change that it creates. Thank yeah, you. thank you for having us. Thanks, Lori. Right, thank appreciate you. it. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and interview with the power team behind the documentary Standing with Bears. I want to let you know that the Ursus Institute is having their trail reveal event for the documentary this Wednesday, June 24th at 7 p.m. That's tomorrow night. During this online live event, viewers will get a sneak peek to the documentary to learn more about the film as well as participate in a Q&A session with the three guests on today's episode director and producer Marlon Morrison, actor Patrick McGuire, and founder Tammy Harris. Please note that the event is limited to the first 100 attendees, and it is completely free, so please spread the word to your family, friends, and colleagues. The link to register is available in the show notes. If you need further assistance, please email Tammy at tammy at ursusinstitute.net. We hope to see you there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and feel inspired and would like to be a part of the Relentless Minds community, you can join the movement for change on Instagram and Twitter. We would also love to know how your experience has been as a listener. If you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another powerful story. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.